0: And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batiste. Hello, my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb Lion Ministry. And we're so excited for today's program as we're going to be talking about accuracy of Bible prophecy. So stay tuned. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer.
1: Lord, we thank you so much for this
0: opportunity to get together and study your word. We just pray, Lord, that
1: you'll bless it, bless uh, the text that we're going to read in the Bible. Uh, Lord, it's your word, and we want it to become part of us and who we are and our understanding of you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen.
0: Amen. Again, you're tuned into a truth. We'll set you free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, and Nathan Jones, as we're going to be talking about accuracy of Bible prophecy. For those of you that are following us live on social media, would love for you to share this program with your friends and family and have them follow along with us. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones to the program. Nathan, it's great to have you on.
1: Hey, always good to be with you, brother, studying God's word and getting excited about his soon return.
0: Oh, talk about excitement, Nathan. It is. It is. Every week uh, we see wonderful things that God is revealing uh, to us. Through scriptures, and it's just very, very exciting. And Nathan, also, before we jump right in, just in case someone is new to the ministry, maybe you can share with them what we do and maybe any upcoming events.
1: All right. Well, if you don't know uh, about this podcast, which is called The Truth Will Set You Free, it's a ministry of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that in a number of ways, obviously, like this podcast. Most people know us from our television program, which is called Christ in Prophecy now in its 19th season. Uh, Check us out at christinprophecy.org.
0: Thank you, Nathan Jones. And Nathan, in July, uh, there's going to be this wonderful conference opportunity for anyone that maybe is in the Texas area.
1: Yes, yes. yes, uh, July um, (laughs) 17th. Is It's the 17th. I don't know why I keep thinking the 13th, but you're right, it's the 17th. Uh, Lamb and Lion will be hosting our annual conference. Of course, we couldn't do that last year with the pandemic. But this year, uh, it's uh, going to be the power of prophecy. Uh, Tim Moore and myself from the ministry will be speaking. We're bringing Alan Franklin, a journalist from England, over. Bob Russell, who's a pastor, will be speaking. And, of course, our own founder, Dr. David Reagan. And so the five of us will be covering about different prophetic voices. I myself will be preaching on Micah and what he had to say about failed human government. So uh, if you can join us, uh, we're, the seating is uh, we're almost full for on-seat registration here in the Dallas area. But if you would like to watch online, we're gonna stream it right from our website at ChristandProphecy.org. Uh, actually, it'll connect us to our YouTube channel, which is our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel. And we'll be streaming it all day and we'll keep the video up too. So if you can't make it on July 17th, uh, which is a Saturday, then we'll leave it up there and you can watch it at your convenience.
0: Cool, what a wonderful lineup, Nathan. Thank you for sharing that. Very exciting and what a great resource for those of you that are part of this program. Hey. Put that on the calendar and take advantage of this wonderful resources. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing that. That's fantastic. Nathan, I was going to also share, uh, each week there's a lot of different developments uh, going on, uh, especially with the news. Uh, We talked a little bit about this before to this sudden uh, development with the UFO phenomenon. And there always seems to be things that are popping up that the enemy uses to try to distract or confuse people. And last week in our program, we were looking at 2 Timothy chapter 2, where Paul was encouraging young Timothy to rightly divide the word. And we talked about rightly dividing the word of prophecy. And we we were sharing that when we study prophecy properly, it really outlines for us the truth of the Bible and how things are going to happen. And it also describes to us uh clearly. Uh, certain things that might be a little bit confusing. So we were talking about being Bereans uh, of the Word of God. And uh, again, just encouraging individuals to really take the time uh, to dig through the Word of God, use the resources that are available so they will not be confused or be led astray. And you would agree with me that that's part of the enemy's plan in these last days.
1: You know, it's, it's kind of like when you want to hear a song But you're in the middle of a busy downtown street, and there's all this noise from cars and buses and other people playing the radios and talking and honking and alarms, and you name it. It it all kinds of drowns out what you're trying to listen to. And that's what it's like in the end times. The gospel message is out there going strong, but Satan's trying to drown it with lots of extra external noise. All this honking and beeping and all, not from cars, but false prophets, false teachers. Uh, Alternate religions, conspiracy theories, extraterrestrial talk, politics, you name it. Satan is trying to drown the message out with as much noise as possible. What do We call it noise pollution. And so the only way to get through that, to cut through that noise pollution, is to open our Bibles and read it. That's when the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, it speaks through God's word and you can connect to Jesus Christ through the Bible. And that's, that's the only way to cut through that noise. But brother, you're right. We live in, and it's, it seems like the noise is just ratcheting up because Satan knows that Jesus is coming soon.
0: Mm, I love that, Nathan. Excellent point. And that's why you and I have been diligent in, in going through the scriptures verse by verse and chapter by chapter and giving the proper references. So people uh, will be excited about what the word of God has to say. And Nathan, in our last program, you and I, we talked about there in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, where Paul said to Timothy, be diligent to present yourself approved of God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we talked about rightly dividing the word of prophecy. And the prophecy is of no private interpretation. Uh, So in other words, prophecy, it it needs to be accurately uh, uh, divided, if you will. So that's why our topic is the accuracy of Bible prophecy. And Nathan, when the Bible is studied correctly, Generally, there are no mistakes in the Bible. You would agree, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, this is where we get to what's called the inerrancy of the scriptures. Uh, the, The Holy Spirit, when he inspired the writers of the Bible, there's 40 plus writers written over 1,500 years on three different continents, and all of their messages point to Jesus Christ and the redemption of mankind. So you can't get that kind of accuracy in any other religious text, nor... You get fulfilled bible prophecy 31 percent of the bible is prophecy and it's absolutely filled with fulfilled bible specific bible not general uh not easily self-fulfilled but actual prophecies about things that happen hundreds of years in the future that actually happen that proves it's god's word and so we have we can be rest assured that the word of god is the bible itself now uh people will point to some scribal errors that have now bear in mind that when the bible was translated and you know copied from one page to another because obviously we don't have the original documents uh, no paper lasts for hundreds and hundreds of years but we do have scraps of parchments and paper dating to the first century we have thousands up to the first and second century we can go two thousand years back plus with the dead sea scrolls and see that the bibles we have today match what those ancient documents uh, are from back then so that should give you assurance that uh, every I is dotted and T crossed. For the most part, there are a few occasional, but you know they've gone in and fixed that when they've got older documents to compare. But there's nothing that changes the meaning or the understanding or the doctrine. Uh, we're just talking about simple scribal errors. So is the Bible? Is there errors in the Bible we have today? There are tiny little scribal errors, but the inerrancy of the Bible, in other words, the doctrinal soundness of the Bible, as close to the original as possible without any changes. Absolutely. We can trust the Bible is God's words, unchanging throughout history.
0: Oh, Nathan, thank you. And that is amazing. And this is why we want those of you that are tuning into the program to recognize when it comes to the Bible and Bible prophecy, it's reliable, it's trustworthy, it's dependable. And that's when we rightly divide the word of truth. So therefore, we are not, um in a sense, labeled as false prophets or false teachers. So Paul, again, speaks about this to Timothy, the importance of this. So we don't let anyone astray. Nathan, will you be able to uh, read for us there 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, beginning on verse 16 through 18, the first part, so that we can continue encouraging people in the importance of being a Berean?
1: Absolutely. Verse 16 starts, but shun profane and idle babbling, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of the sort, who strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some.
0: You know, Nathan, and I read those verses, and it really, it's alarming, it's concerning how you have individuals there that, I mean, really, they have strayed away, and they also overthrown, Uh, the faith of some. And that's why false prophets, false teachers, we we need to be very careful when it comes to uh, how we study and teach the word of God, because we don't want to be labeled as false prophets. As a matter of fact, Nathan, one wonderful passage that you often share with us in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 22, when we talk about prophets, it really outlines for us there who a true prophet and a false prophet really is, would you be able to take us there, Nathan, to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18 and uh, read for us verses 18 through 22?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know what's fascinating about this is that uh, Jesus, three times in Matthew 24, is his very first sign of what would show closer and closer to the time that Jesus returned an increase in false teachers and false prophets. So, Jesus, number one sign, there'd be a, uh, that noise we're talking about earlier, that, that chatter, that idle chatter, that We just read that in 2 Timothy. it's That's what's trying to get us to drown out the real gospel message. So luckily, Deuteronomy 18 gives us a test to test what a false prophet is. And he says, uh, let's see here, verse 18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and will put my words in his mouth. This is a prophecy about Jesus. And he shall speak to them all that I have commanded him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? Well, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him.
0: Well, Nathan, and, and right there, I mean, this is a very important test because there's a lot of individuals, modern day prophets, so called, and they really have not been accurate 100% of the time. So we need to be very careful.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, when we're talking about the gift of prophecy, we got to realize that the gift of prophecy today isn't the same as it was when the Apostle John completed the book of Revelation. Today, people with the spiritual gift of prophecy, they have a passion to share the good news of Jesus Christ's salvation with others in the short time we have left. And they can also discern what the Bible is talking about concerning the end times. They cannot predict what the future is, for God has already given a full account of it, of what will occur in the Bible. The revelation of the Bible is finished. Now, people point to Acts 2.17, and it shows that the early church who got these Gifts of prophecy and speaking in tongues and other things was a fulfillment of Joel 228's prophecies about miraculous gift But Joel is prophesying a time when that would happen as it relates to the day of the Lord In other words the tribulation time period So are we seeing kind of an overlap is our people starting to get these prophetic gifts the closer? We get to the day of the Lord. Yes, but the true fulfillment of these of Prophecy and all that that was a New Testament thing a church-age thing which was finalized In the book of Revelation. And so when you have people today saying that, oh, Jesus told me this and God told me that, and I've got this new prophecy, don't listen to them. I mean, you can go again back to Deuteronomy 18 and and test them. Did they say what's coming true? Let me give you an example Harold Camping, three times he prophesied the return of Jesus Christ, and every single time he failed. Matter of fact, he was so crushed after the third one that it pretty much killed him the disappointment right and you can't trust these date setters Jesus we wouldn't know the time or the day when Jesus would return well we could know the season by the signs but we couldn't know the exact day or hour Jesus doesn't give us that but there are people out there who say they're prophets of God who are going out oh Jesus will come on based on the Mayan calendar in 2012 or <laughs> or the great sign of revelation 12 is uh it's this date not no 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 the bible says that you can tell these are false prophets because what they prophesy doesn't come true.
0: Nathan, I love that. And, you know, that's why Paul is saying to Timothy, stay away from babblers and people that are just talking nonsense. And because that's that's the reality. And what's sad to me, Nathan, is how oftentimes these false prophets have been wrong so many times. And people still continue to buy their books and listen to their ministries and things like that. Listen, we want to say to you, you need to tune that out and turn that off because otherwise your faith is on the line. You're going to end up shipwrecked. And we find that true prophets are accurate 100% of the time. One of the most phenomenal, amazing prophecies uh, that was fulfilled to the T is found in Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 3. And Nathan and I have discussed this passage uh, many times, That we're going to take you there again and uh, so that you can see how amazing this was. So Nathan, Matthew 24, 1 through 3, might we journey there and then we can read that and talk about it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, this is a fantastic chapter. Its parallels are in Luke 21 and Mark 13, and it answers those, those three questions that the apostles asked Jesus. When would the temple fall? Where are the signs of the end of the age? In other words, the end of the church age, at, at the rapture of the church, and where are the signs of precede Jesus' second coming, which is at the very end of the seven-year tribulation? And Jesus answers by giving ten signs, nine of them, answer the same three questions the, the tenth one is Jesus actual return which won't happen until he is Actually comes at the second coming. So we read here in Matthew 24 1 uh, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple And Jesus said to them, do you not see do you not see the all these things? And surely I say to you not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down And now as he sat on the Mount of Olives the disciples came to him privately saying Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So there we got the three questions right there.
0: And Nathan, and some of those things were fulfilled during their time, and some other things are going to be fulfilled in the future, but just that prophecy regarding the temple, that was just fulfilled amazingly accurately. Uh, History tells us, right Nathan, around 70 AD when Titus the emperor came in and destroyed the temple. So in other words, that was fulfilled literally Yet uh, Titus was a general at that time. He hadn't yet
1: reached the emperor status, but he did come in Titus Vespasian. The Jews, he tired of revolts, endless revolts with the Jewish people. Of course, the Romans helped instigate a lot of them. So it was an excuse to destroy Jerusalem. But similar to what the Babylonians did in 586, the Romans totally surrounded Jerusalem and starved them for two and a half years uh, to keep the Roman uh, army fed. And, and uh, supplied the Romans, pretty much decimated all the trees and livestock, turning Israel into a wasteland. Wasteland, which was a prophecy that Israel would be a wasteland until the Jews returned and rebuilt the country and and put uh, forestry back in again. And uh, in 70 AD, matter of fact, when the, the the Romans finally broke through the walls and found the starving Jewish people, I mean they they blitzed through the city, burning and looting and destroying. And a fire was set in the temple, and the temple was burning. And all the gold that the Romans wanted started melting, and it melted in, 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 in liquid form, went between the rocks uh, underneath the temple mount. And so what the Romans did is they, after everything, had, had, you know, the fires went out, they took crowbars and stuff, and they jimmied up all the rocks, and they dug out all the gold they can, and they threw the rocks over into the Kidron Valley. And so as Jesus prophesied, and this is why he he wanted to state, you know, not one stone shall be left upon another is absolutely true. All that we have left is the Western Wall, which is not even part of the Temple Mount. It's a retaining wall. Uh, When King Herod came and he expanded the Temple Mount area, he had to build a retaining wall around it and fill it with rocks and dirt to make a bigger platform to put a larger temple complex on. And so that's all that's left is the Western Wall. But everything involved with the Temple Mount and the Temple was jimmied up. And every stone, not one was left on another, exactly as Jesus prophesied. 40 years earlier.
0: Nathan, and this is why if that doesn't encourage our listeners, I don't know what will, but you know, it's just amazing to me when we look at how reliable, trustworthy, and dependable the Bible is in Bible prophecy. It's just very, very exciting because if all that happened, then we expect everything else that Jesus said was going to happen will happen in the future, including but we're expecting to happen at any moment, which is the rapture of the church. And this is why the study of the God's word is so important. This is why we need to be so diligent as we go about this. This is why Paul is urgently encouraging Timothy in verse 15 of Second Timothy chapter 2 be diligent to present yourself approved. And Nathan, a few other things that people don't really oftentimes talk about is those two words is systematic theology and harmonics. And, and I feel like Paul here is almost teaching Timothy uh, these very important things and how to properly study the Bible and what is the right manner to study the Bible so that we're not all over the place. And I was just looking this up, Nathan, regarding systematic theology. Uh, you're more familiar uh, uh, with, with this uh, th- these, these uh, terms. I know a lot of people out there might not be, but really systematic theology uh, is a discipline of Christian theology that formulates an orderly, rational, and coherent account of the doctrines of Christian faith. And it addresses issues such as what the Bible teaches about certain topics or what is true about God and His universe. It also builds on biblical discipline, church history, as well as biblical and historical theology. And systematic theology shares systematic tasks with other disciplines, such as uh, constructive theology, dogma, ethics, and apologetics. And and you and I, when we do our teachings, we really try to follow this format, right, Nathan? Something that makes sense, but it also uh, brings the scriptures together.
1: Absolutely. And to define hermeneutics... Which is funny, because all the way from my Bible college and seminary years, uh, hermeneutics, the definition is stuck in my head because it's so simple. It's the art and science of interpreting the Bible. You know, it's a wonderful definition. It's In other words, how do you understand the Bible? Years ago, uh, we made what's called an inbox video. It's our series of Bible teaching videos. And one of them was about this. We made up this uh, disease called symbolicoly. It's this where people are. are,
0: I remember that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they. They intentionally spiritualize the scriptures, choosing whatever interpretation that suits their fancy. And then they ar- argue automatically that the plain sense meanings found in the Bible aren't their true meaning. So we had a kind of fun with that to show how do you cure symbolicali. Uh, you'll find people that, that have symbolicali. It's a disturbing inability to believe that God knows how to communicate, a compulsive desire to strip Bible verses away from their context. A, they have sudden spasms of detective work searching for hidden meanings. They have a manic mythologizing of the creation account and revelation end time accounts. And they get these delusions of grandeur. They play God by deciding what the Bible truly does or does not mean. And so uh, we came up with some treatment options. uh, The cure for people who are suffering from sabalakali is what we call the golden rule of interpretation. If the plain sense makes sense, don't look for any other sense lest you end up with nonsense. So I think you can really define hermeneutics. That's it, it's that golden rule of interpretation.
0: Oh man, that is fantastic, Nathan, fantastic. I love that. You know, and as we look here at Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verses 17 through 19, it mentions two individuals, Hymenaeus and Philetus, and, and such a sad thing because the Bible says, Nathan, that they overthrew the faith of some. Again, and, and Paul says, and their message will spread like cancer Hymeneus and Philetus are of this sort and you reverse 18 for us who have strayed concerning the truth saying that the resurrection has already passed and they overthrown the faith of some nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal the Lord knows whose are his and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So Nathan again that's the danger when we don't rightly study the word of God we can be responsible for overthrowing the faith of some and that's a sad state.
1: Yeah and it's interesting that Paul calls these gentlemen out by name and uh what they did is they they said the resurrection is already past. we have people like that today we have people say oh yeah Jesus came back in 70 A.D. they're like what Paul what <laughs> the you know the, uh what Jesus came back in 70 A.D. then how do you explain the last 1900 years of church history and then they have to do these these gymnastics to try to figure it out. And frankly, they, they don't follow the golden rule of interpretation. They have symbolically, but you're right. The resurrection wasn't passed. And so uh, obviously it th- throws the faith to some and you'll find people. I, I, I don't know. I don't think a day that doesn't go past here at the ministry because I answer all the Bible questions that come in and some who say, well, I've believed in the, the pre-tribulation rapture timing all my life. but Then I saw this one video and now I don't believe it in anymore. Help, help. You're like, what? It was that easy to knock you off your faith? And and that's what these guys do. They come in, they, they sound a little right. But again, go to Deuteronomy 18, put them to that test. And the test is, is that if they make a prophecy that doesn't come true, you can't believe them. And usually these guys are easily disproved.
0: Mm. Nathan, that's a very good point. And somebody said, you know, and I think that that's why today we want to encourage people and just help them understand that when we decide to walk with Jesus, it's not going to be easy. It's going to cost us something. And I believe, Nathan, that the more that it costs us, the harder the gospel is, the more solid we are in our foundation but today they have this pepper type of gospel, this sprinkle type of gospel, a feel good type of gospel. And I don't think that's a real gospel at all. The people just come into the church, they listen to a worship tone, they feel good. Oh yes, I know Jesus. But as soon as difficulties and challenges happen, immediately they vanish and disappear. And that is no type of, no no kind of faith at all. So I definitely agree with you.
1: Over Christmas, uh, I wanted to find a church that had a Christmas Eve service. Because our church was closed due to covid and so my son and i went to a local church and we'd never been before and and we got a 15-minute ted talk from the pastor not once did he talk about jesus christ or the gospel or make a gospel message and i was just shocked all the songs were about about us what god's doing for us nothing about his glory and honor and praising him and i don't normally do this but i felt compelled i wrote the pastor and i'm like Uh, What was the deal here? Here's Christmas Eve. You got people who never go to church maybe once a year, twice a year. You had this audience and you couldn't. This is Jesus's day. I mean, this is all about Jesus and and you couldn't bring up the gospel and all. And he writes me back this really like mind your own business type. And I tried to be cordial, but it was like, basically, you don't know anything about my church or my people. My people don't need the gospel. (laughs) Can you believe that? Wow. These are the uh, Hiletus, uh, Philetus and Hymenaeus type people. Uh, and, and church is big. They had people going. They were happy. They were, you know, your best life now type church. It was so disappointing. And brother, every time I drive down past that church, I, I feel a little queasy.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and get a spray can and spray paint. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Graffiti vandalism. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. <laughs> okay.
1: pastor Vic. <laughs>
0: But doesn't that get you upset to the point where you're like, come on, what are we doing here? Why do we call ourselves ministers and pastors and leaders when we don't even stand for truth, right, Nathan? And I understand the frustration there, and that's why we're encouraging our listeners. Hopefully, they can understand our hearts, the importance of of studying the Word of God, being diligent, not just listening to what someone is saying, but look, dig in for yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you His truth. Paul understanding what Timothy will be facing soon. He will be facing a lot of uh, opposition, a lot of false teachers. Paul was soon to be beheaded and he wanted Timothy to really stand strong. And that's what Nathan and I want for you. We want you to stand strong in these last days because times are going to get more and more difficult. And that's why we wanna encourage you to put your trust in Jesus right now. As we get ready to close this program, we're gonna give you an invitation to come to Christ. And don't let this opportunity pass you by. Nathan, would you be able to share with that person that's maybe part of this program right now or at a later point that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, how they can start now and and build on the solid foundation?
1: The only foundation which you can build your life on is Jesus Christ. If you want a solid foundation, the the Bible even has a little story about the man who built their, their life on sand. And of course, the rains washed it away and their their house collapsed. But if you want a solid foundation, the only solid foundation is Jesus Christ. And when to have that foundation, you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord of your life. You surrender your life to him. And you do that by reaching out in faith. Reach out to Jesus. Pray from your heart. Something like, dear Jesus, please. I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins and become the Lord and Savior of my life. And Jesus will do just that. He will forgive you of your sins. The guilt of your sins will be cleansed. The punishment for the crime of rebellion against him, which is eternal death and hell, will be removed because it was put on Jesus Christ. And then you will be saved. And once saved, uh, find a good, strong, Bible-believing church and uh, be baptized, which is your public confession of your faith. And share the gospel with others and continue to grow in your relationship with him. That the Lord wants you as a child of his throughout all eternity because he loves you that much.
0: Mm, Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nathan. Hey, maybe you just wherever you're honestly uh, accepted the Lord and invited him to come into your heart. Nathan, and I want to rejoice with you. Get a hold of us. uh, Call us 305-992-9537-TEXAS or posted there on social media. And We would love to get you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And like Nathan said, find a good Bible teaching church and get baptized. And you're going to be so thankful and so excited and the Holy Spirit will live inside of you and begin to guide you into all truth. So Nathan, fantastic. I want to thank you so much for, again, clarifying certain hard passages for us in the Word of God and also for just sharing the gospel here with me.
1: Oh, brother, it's just so exciting to share the word with you. And I hope, folks, that you're excited as well. Jesus Christ is returning soon.